hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and man, am I excited about the topic today and the guest today. Uh, this is a guy that's kind of become a legend in some of the, the spaces that I participate in and some of the groups I roll with, uh, hanging out a lot with the digital marketer crew and, and in those events. And, and every time the topic of analytics or measurement or understanding Google Tag Manager, anytime one of those topics come up, the advice was always the same, and that was talk to Mercer. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. Hey, that's my company. Uh, OMG Commerce is the primary underwriter of the e-commerce evolution podcast, and we're excited to do that, excited to bring this content to you. A quick offer from OMG Commerce. We are a Google premier partner, so we're in the top 3% of all Google partners, one of the fastest growing in the world last year. Uh, if you would like a second set of eyes on your Google campaigns, whether that's Google Shopping, Search, YouTube, Remarketing, or the like, we would love to talk to you. Love to schedule a strategy session, love to look at your campaigns and provide ideas for improvement. Also, Amazon. We would love to talk to you about your Amazon ad strategy and have an Amazon audit for you, uh, complimentary for listeners of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Our Amazon department is led by Mr. Chris Tyler to find out more about the way we approach Amazon campaigns. Go back and check out episode 39 as we do a deep dive and look at Amazon advertising. But we would love to help you with either of those traffic sources. And so if you're interested, go to omgcommerce.com, click on any of the services, and there's a quick form to fill out right there. And now back to the show. The topic for today, we're talking about the math behind your marketing. And secretly, I actually kind of like math. I actually liked math in school. It's weird. Uh, but, uh, you know, even if you don't like math, you're, you're going to like this topic because this is going to show you how to make your marketing better, how to grow your business, really how everything can improve when you understand the math behind your marketing. And so I am delighted to welcome onto the show Mr. Chris Mercer, a.k.a. Mercer, the co-founder of measurementmarketing.io. Chris, how's it going today, man? It's going well, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. Really excited to have you on the on the show. You know, we get to hang out after Traffic and Conversion Summit and then, and then mm -hmm. Social Media Marketing World as well. And I was like, dude, I got to get you on the podcast. Got to drop some of this knowledge for my listeners. So I appreciate you agreeing to do that. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So math behind your marketing. Uh, I know you're, you're, you gave a presentation at, at TNC by the same title. Mm -hmm. Had a really good turnout. Had great feedback. I, I don't know that I, I don't know that that's because there's a lot of other people that also secretly like math. My guess is it's that they feel like they don't understand math, and so they're like, "Fix, fix this, help, help me, Mercer." Um, so let, let's dive into this topic. Uh, but before we do, can you kind of give your background? How, how did you become an analytics, you know, ninja? How, how did this happen? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, it kind of the, kind of the origin story of how we came about was I started in in the online world. My background's all sales and marketing, and uh, mostly in sales management. And so I was always very very used to managing the pipeline and tracking the numbers and and all that for the sales teams. When I left 
kind of the corporate world to get started online, uh, there was this there was this you know program called WordPress that you could use to create websites. And so we created a WordPress site to show people basically a membership site that trained people how to do WordPress. Um, that quickly led into people going, "This is great, but how much for you to do it for me?" So we got into kind of the outsourcing and built up a little agency that did WordPress sites. And then from there, we moved into conversion rate optimization just to sort of differentiate ourselves out. But in order to improve conversion rates, right, in order to optimize these conversion rates, you kind of got to know how things are converting in the first place, which is what pushed us into analytics. And so we started setting up Google Analytics and, and really realizing how much is required to do that. Because that's, I think, the number one thing people don't realize is that it needs to be set up. You can't just pop the code on the page and, and off you go. Um, so we started doing that. And occasionally we would show people some things. And all of a sudden, what started happening was people came to us by by referral from other people. And they didn't want to talk about websites. They didn't want to talk about conversion optimization. They wanted to talk about you know, how do you set this Google Analytics goal or what exactly is cross-domain tracking again? And, and we realized pretty quickly that's going to be our, our thing. Yeah. Is helping make making this accessible. It's really cool. And, and I love how business works like that. If you're listening to the marketplace, it'll, it'll tell you what it wants. And that's just one of those things where, I mean, you're meeting a need by working on WordPress, but then... You uncovered like the real need, the big opportunity. This is what so many people need help with, and they're not getting the you know adequate help. So very, very cool. Well, let's let's actually talk about uh, kind of understanding you know the math behind your marketing and how do you determine what should you be measuring or what you shouldn't be measuring. And so to kind of tee this up, talk through that a little bit. You know, the, the, we hear the acronym KPIs all the time, and if you're not familiar, mm -hmm. it's key performance indicator. But how do you how do you recommend people get to their true KPIs or, or or the math that's really important to measure? How do you frame that for people or, or guide them in that? The way that we do that is is really trying to you know it's funny because we try to talk about numbers without talking about numbers all the time. Um, the way the way you think about it is think about it in terms of the behaviors that are happening on your site. It's really not about the numbers. It's about those behaviors. That are happening, right? What what pages are people seeing? How far down are they scrolling? How much time are they spending? What buttons are they clicking on? What actions are they taking? What are the behaviors that are leading to the results that you want? That's all you think about. That's all you think about. And tools like analytics, Tag Manager, Data Studio, all that sort of stuff, they will kind of show you in number form what those behaviors are, right? So you can see those. So when you look at when you're thinking about KPIs, I think the tendency is to get into this mindset of, oh, well, if I just track the magic number, that's, you know, it's going to change my business forever. And I got to, I got to, you know, read the latest blog post and this is, they're going to say, this is what the KPI is. And if I just do that, then my business goes tenfold. And that just doesn't typically happen. Um, what happens is if you, if you do this properly, you're tracking all your different behaviors that are happening in, in whatever your customer journey is, whatever your sales funnels are, you're tracking those different behaviors and you will notice there's a spot where the performance is not where it needs to be. Maybe that's on card abandonment. Maybe you've got a 95% card abandonment rate and it should be closer to 65 or 75 for your um, particular setup. That's how you know where to focus. And so that's how we think about the KPI. It's really what's going to move the needle and what behaviors need tending to. Where is the market not doing what you would expect them to otherwise do? And so you measure out the behaviors, you look at where the source spot is and you go, cool. This is my KPI right now. This is where I'm going to focus and I'm going to make sure my card abandonment rate drops or I'm going to make sure my average order volume gets to where it needs to be on this funnel because that's what the other funnels are doing, right? Um, and so the KPI changes. 
And it's really based upon what is the behavior that's going to move the needle and kind of going back to what you, you initially said just a a few minutes back when you said, you know, you listen to the market, that's all you're doing, right? You're listening to the market's language and the market, which is the best part about analytics. I think in, in my view, the market is brutally honest. They do not try to hide things. They will like something or they will not like something. And you will see in your numbers where the behaviors are off. And you're going to see the step where it's like, wow, you know, I thought I should have at least 10% of the people going from my lander to cart. Turns out 2% of the people are going to the cart. Something's off on my messaging. Or they've got sent to a sales page that's not congruent to what the ads are. But at least it tells you to focus on that part versus messing around with cart tests. Yeah, and, and this, uh, and I love that you framed it that way because I think this, this is what makes this topic or, or should make this topic exciting to everybody, even if you're not a quote unquote, a numbers person, it's really not about the numbers per se. It's about behavior, right? It's about behavior. Exactly. It's about influencing, you know, getting people to do what you want them to do or, or probably a better way to, to, to look at that is, is understanding what people want to do and help them get there. Um, and so, so understanding, you know, the behavior, understanding the story behind the data. And that, that's what I think is so cool about analytics is as you look at the numbers, it, it tells you a story. It tells you where something is broken, tells you where your message is off, tells you what, what people really want. And so, uh, yeah, so you kind of got to uh, read behind the numbers and, and look at the behaviors. I, re- I really like that. Um, you talked about, let, let's maybe get technical-ish uh, for just a little bit. You mm-hmm. talked about how, you know, you can't just throw on the code, you know, the Google Analytics code and, and hope that it it works. So there's a little bit of technical setup there. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make in, in terms of actually collecting data and getting all of their tracking in place? The simplest place to start, if there was one thing that I had to pick where, where, you know, you said to me, listen, I'm going to, I'm just going to do one thing. What's going to move the needle the most in my, in my GA, it would be, um, traffic, tracking your traffic properly. And most people do not do that partially because they don't know they can. And then partially because they don't organize it properly. Um, so the way that you do that is with something called UTM, um, UTM tags, and you can just Google that. Uh, there's lots of different resources out there that'll talk about how to do it, but you can basically customize all of your external sources of traffic. So everything from if you're out there doing webinars, if you're out there doing live talks about your product, if you're doing Facebook advertising, AdWords, whatever it is, email, if you've got an email list and you're, and you're promoting to your own list, all of those external sources of traffic, you can tag very specifically, even if you're running with affiliates, you can tag those. And so when that comes in, Google Analytics can see those sessions being started, the basically just another word for visit. They can see when your users are, are showing up to your site and they will automatically associate associate that traffic source to everything that happens in that session or in that visit, um, including purchases and goals and everything else. Now, Google Analytics will do its best to try to figure out where they're coming from um, traffic wise, but it's always better if you can define that. Um, so that's that's the the number one mistake that I see people doing is not tagging their traffic properly. Um, and if you want, I can kind of give you a, like a, a framework or a formula to follow. And, and some of this might be worth listening to again, I'd say, uh, especially if they're driving on the car right now. But um, but with UTMs, there there are five different things you can tag. You've got something called the source, the medium, uh, the campaign, the term, and the content. And what we have found to be extremely helpful is kind of coming up with like a formula, a structure, a recipe, kind of a framework that you can use to consistently name everything so that it, uh, it used to be an old programming term, garbage in, garbage out. It's it's like that with analytics. If you put the tags in there in an organized way, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to read things. It just becomes kind of clear, right? Right. Um, 
so for us, the source is always the branded source of traffic. So if you're doing running Facebook ads, then it would be Facebook, right? Pretty, pretty cut and dry. If it's YouTube, it's YouTube. Um, in our case, we use Infusionsoft for our email system. So for us, the branded source of traffic for emails is Infusionsoft, right? Um, the medium is the way that traffic's getting through. So for us, um, it would be like share if we're doing just sort of like free stuff on Facebook. Um, like we've got a we've got a group on Facebook called the Measure Marketing Essentials. It's a free Facebook group we do training for. And that, if we, the little button that's in there, the links that are in there, we just code those as Facebook source share as the medium. And that tells us, cause we're not boosting it. We're not putting money behind it. And so we wanted to see, okay, well, what's our share kind of traffic versus the CPC, which is the paid stuff, right? The cost per click stuff. So for medium, again, it's the way it's like share or it's email. If it's an email or if it's CPC, if it's paid traffic, then you've got campaign, which is the product or service you're selling. So we would put in there, like if we're doing the Academy, which is like our flagship product, we would say, you know, it's Facebook share. The purpose is for the Academy. So we're going to put campaign as Academy. And when you start doing that, when you go back into Google analytics, you can actually pull up a, a report. It's called the campaigns report. And you can click on that and I can see how all my Academy traffic does. And it can say, oh, well, here's what your Facebook share is contributing to the, to the mix. Here's what your Facebook CPC is doing. Here's what your email traffic is doing from Infusionsoft. Um, and you can continue to use UTMs to drill down to answer questions like which specific email sold them, right? Um, so it's it's amazing what you can do. And I think from a, if you had to choose one thing to do and to really focus on and to really nail, it would be tagging your traffic because that's what starts everything, right? If you don't know where they came from, then what's the point of setting goals in e-commerce? Because you're not going to know what caused it in the first place. Yeah. So that's that's definitely where I would start. I, I love that. And so better understanding your traffic and where they're where they're really coming from and and so kind of uh, setting up this URL structure, this UTM structure. And so do you use the, do you recommend using the Google URL builder, that that free tool that I've seen and used some? Is, is that how you do? Yeah, you can you can definitely use that, especially if you're just getting started. Uh, that'll be the first one that'll that'll pop up kind of when you Google it. Um, and, it and it's kind of a form. We have a, a separate tool that we use um, that's a traffic tracker. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to make that available to everybody on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we can link up to that on the on the show notes. And one thing too, I know is when we get into to analytics and, and tracking and UTM codes and some things like that, people uh, may get a little, little spooked or, you know, it's, it's just, mm -hmm. it can feel bigger or more complex than it actually is. We'll link to some resources in the show notes. Uh, we'll link to this tool you're talking about uh, as well. So, so anyway, I, lo I love that, that process kind of getting, getting the traffic as clean and as clear as possible because you know, if Google doesn't know, then it's going to what either be lumped into a direct or none as the traffic source, or it's going to just be lumped into email and you're not going to really be able to know what email it was and, and stuff like that. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and to that to that point, too, like for everybody listening, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do all this because it is. There is a lot to it. But there's also a lot to WordPress. There's a lot to WooCommerce. There's a lot to Shopify. But you get over that stuff pretty quickly as soon as you get into the platform and you practice it a little bit, it is exactly the same thing with Google Analytics. So just because you haven't done it before, which more than likely it's because you didn't know you were supposed to, right? Um, but then if you practice just a little bit, you start seeing it come through in your analytics and it just sort of clicks, just like when you get that first product entered into the cart and you're like, oh my God, now I'm online, yeah, yeah. right? And that, was, that wasn't so bad. Exactly. That's exactly right. It is it is so accessible for, for anybody to play with this. And it's not about being perfect, right? We all go back and change stuff, you know, to make it 
it look a little bit better and give us what we call the a better useful truth. Um, but but that's that's the trick is practicing it instead of just going like ah you know what I can't do that that's not me just practice it and all of a sudden you might find wow that's that's something I did right and then you do good and then get better it's always good then better good then better yeah I love it and and one of my favorite quotes I've mentioned it on the show before and in regards to analytics is by uh, Avinash Kaushik. I don't know if you follow him or not, Mercer. Mm-hmm, definitely. But he, he said, you know, the goal is, is to be less wrong. Right. right? So you can't, exactly right. you never be perfect. You're never going to know all of your data. It's just impossible. So if you can constantly move towards the direction of being less wrong, uh, you're going to make better decisions and, and you're going to make more money. And I think uh, when, when you get to the, when you understand that if I have poor data, I'm going to be at such a disadvantage that it's worth a little bit of effort. It's worth a little bit of time to learn how to do this. And, and then, once you get in the flow, you know, just like anything else, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of get the hang of it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Re- really cool. We may circle back to that. I want to kind of dig into some of the features of GA and stuff here in a minute. But also want to look at, you know, may, what are some of the mistakes that people make when they analyze their data? So so maybe they're making mistakes to not get clear data. So they're, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they don't know exactly where their traffic is coming from. But what about in the analysis of the data? Where do you see people making mistakes there or coming to the wrong conclusions when analyzing? A lot of these, they're they're interrelated, right? It's tough to not talk about the features when you're talking about, like, what are those mistakes people make? Because the mistakes people make are not using some of the features. Right. So things like not tagging your traffic, right? And so then you do analysis and you check out your your customer journey, right? And you say, okay, well, here's the people that are coming into my category pages and then product detail pages and then cart. You know, they click on add to cart and then go through billing and payment review order and they're done. And you see that path and you go and you see the numbers and you kind of go like, okay, well, everything looks fine. Let's say, well, just hypothetically, all the numbers look normal and you're like, okay, there's no fires, everything's great. But if you're not tagging your traffic, then you can't break it down into segments. And you can't say, well, hold on a second, let's go look at my email traffic versus my Facebook paid traffic and see that same thing. And you might find that Facebook is not converting at all. And email is converting twice as much as what you thought it was. So in the average, it looks like everything's fine. But when you start splitting it out by traffic source, you go like, holy cow, I've got a problem with Facebook, right? And it's on the lander. I know that they're not going to the carts. That means something's off with my landing page or something's off with my ads and they're not congruent uh, to the lander. So that's where I need to focus. And now what happened is just by segmenting that information by in this case, traffic source, you can, you actually are, are directed just by interacting with it. Right. It's not, and this is the other mistake I think people make, they overcomplicate it because it's so easy to do that. Right. Right, um, right. But instead you just look and you go like, oh, okay, wow. Facebook is obviously off right here. And you know that because you're able to segment by Facebook and then you go fix whatever you need to. So I think I think that's the thing is they they in analytics people have this impression that if they it's like hacking through a jungle of data to go search for this magic jade statue that's going to give them all the superpowers of a marketer if they only they can figure out the, and decode it right it's like it's like the da vinci code but in analytics and it's not like that it's never like that there's not this one thing that you're going to come across you're like oh my gosh nobody sees this and I'm going to you know it's never like that it's you segment it down until you see something obvious and then you go, cool, I'm going to go fix that now. And that's it. It's, it's just a matter of just looking through and segmenting it down. So some segments would be by traffic source for sure, um, by mobile and desktop. 
Um, you can segment by uh, browser type too. So you can, you can even segment by Apple users versus Android users if that's if that's kind of more your niche. There's lots of different ways to segment um, information, but, but that's what I would do. I would look at the different funnel steps. Um, I would first start by measuring all of them, right? Every single thing that's going, every behavior that you can measure, measure as they're going through the journey because that's going to tell you where the drop-off is. And then just be able to segment those different paths. Um, again, start with traffic source and then maybe go like mobile desktop. Um, but that will that will show you something. And if you don't see anything there, like there is always that opportunity where it's like, you know what? I've, I've got my funnel. It's working well. I've got the right traffic source. I've nailed this. I've been working on it for years. Um, then it's, okay, we've got to make more funnels. Let's let's release more products to the marketplace, right? Let's, let's try a different traffic source. Um, and maybe those are your answers. Um, but but absolutely make sure that you drill down and segment your data. Because I think the biggest mistake people make, besides obviously not tagging traffic and using features like segmentation, is is uh, just sort of seeing the numbers on aggregate, the whole, right? The, yeah. the, everything that's happening on the site. And then just sort of looking to see what they should do. It's too general. You have to you have to segment down. Yeah, averages really are, are pretty worthless, right? I mean, if you absolutely. look at it, if you're looking at all of your data in aggregate, what, is, what does that even tell you? How, how do you take action on that? How do you know what step to fix or what ad to tweak or what traffic source to invest more money in? You, you just don't know. And, and I think one thing too, just because analytics is foreign to people and because they're uncomfortable with it, I think we have a tendency to make things more complex, right? You kind of alluded to that where, you know, we see that something's not working well and we think, oh, well, there could be like a million reasons why this is all bad. Well, really, if you, if you segment and drill down, often the answer is relatively obvious, right? And, and often the, yep. the simplest answer is probably the one you should go with first, right? So it's, it's hey, this traffic source isn't working. Uh, now let me look at the steps in the funnel and, and see where the breakdown is. And it's, yep. it's really just a matter of, of digging in. That's exactly right. And, and I'll tell you, another, another quick framework that will, will help people sort of get unstuck and uncluttered is if, if you find yourself going into Google Analytics to, quote, see what's happening, you've already lost because mm. you, you, are, you are at that point, you just jumped into the jungle of data and you're going to hack through it and hope you find something because you're not going with a specific question in mind. But if you say to yourself, okay, I need, and this is before you even open analytics, you go, I need to know if there's a difference between mobile and desktop. And you think through it and say, okay, well, let's say mobile is not performing at all. Like I've got 0% conversion. What would I do with that? Okay, well, I would then look to see where this, the drop-off is in mobile, and then I would go to fix that. Um, and I can see maybe there's a technical problem or if it's just an optimization. Or if you came across and said, okay, well, it says desktop is performing half what I thought it should be, then it's like the same thing. I would go through and I would, and you think through, what, what would you do if this report did tell you these things? Then you go to Google Analytics and you ask it. And then Google Analytics will give you an answer and it will be obvious what the answer is. It will be simple to get the answer because you went to analytics with a specific question and you already pre-played what you're going to do with that. If you came back and you said, well, I'm going to do mobile versus desktop. And then it said, well, what if it said mobile is 25% of desktop? What would you do? And you go, well, I don't know what I would do. Right. Well, then what's the point? Don't ask the question. Go go research, yeah. right? Go research how to, you know, is that normal? I don't know. Well, first go research all that, then go to Google Analytics, Right. And then ask your question, because the worst thing is just getting data for data's sake, because yeah. all it does is clutter up the mind. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and I, you know, this was one of those aha moments for me early in my career, uh, looking at I've been in sales a long time, too. But just looking at, you know, better salespeople ask better questions. Right. Exactly and, and really, right. The, the quality of your life kind of depends on the questions you ask. Right. If, you, if you're getting so bad answers and if things are not going the way you wanted them to, maybe it's because you're asking the wrong things. You're, 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 you got time with an expert, but you're asking them the wrong question, you know, or you, you're, you've got all this data in front of you, but you're, you're asking the wrong question. 
And so uh, I love that. I love that. Thinking about what what do I want to figure out? What what problem you know do I need to try to find the answer to so that I can uh, implement some kind of a change? Yeah, and, and I'll give you a real life example on that. We had we had a client um, that we were training on this, and they they had they were practicing UTM's, and one of the stages is going through and coming up with naming conventions and whatever. And they were getting it to the point in their emails where they were tracking the specific paragraph that the that the link was in. So when they clicked on it, it would report back to Google Analytics what paragraph it was actually in so they could tell that. And I said, okay, well, let's think this through. Let's say it's six months from now. And you look at this report and it says, oh my gosh, paragraph number three, holy cow. That's <laughs> the answer. Paragraph number three is by far, it is amazing. I said, what would you do with that? And they they were like, I, uh, I we don't know. Right. Because what, what does paragraph number three mean? Does that mean it was above the fold, below the fold? Like it doesn't. And so I said, and right away they knew, and this is in the planning stage before they rolled out all the UTMs and did everything right. They actually, they realized, okay, that's just data for data sake. Like that's, that's a real world example. And people do that all the time. Not actionable. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Always think through what are you going to do? If this report says whatever you think it's going to say, like use best case, the report's going to give you the exact answers looking for. What would you then do with it? And then you go back and, and try to get the details. Got it. And, and so uh, any any other advice you would give there on, on uh, you know, so I think immediately as I was listening to that, I thought, well, yeah, of course. I don't know. What what would you do with paragraph three? It's, it's the mm-hmm. paragraph champion. Well, what, what good does that do? Um, right. How do you help someone work through that? So So from the outset, figuring out, what is what is the actionable data? What's the data that if we figure it out, it's going to allow us to make changes or or, or shift course in a, in a in a productive way? Uh, any way you help kind of frame that discussion? You know, it's funny because people will overcomplicate that too because it goes to that like what's this what's the thing that I'm not asking that I should be asking right? Um, and it's just it's never like that. So just sort of a take the pressure off yourself to to give it like you said be less wrong right be be okay with that. Yep, yep. Um, and 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 just sort of go like okay ask the good questions now make better questions later don't worry about that just get used to asking questions right get out of, get out of your way and just start asking questions i think that's the most important thing so in the case of the paragraph thing let's say that was you and you were going through and doing that and you and you again just following that formula it's pretty obvious pretty quick you go like oops i would do nothing with that so therefore i'm not going to do that but what might i do in my emails well in our emails we do images and we have text links it would be interesting maybe to know and again this is entirely up to you maybe you got product images in your emails are they clicking on the product images or are they clicking on the text links and the descriptions of the products? And is there a difference in the actual results of sales? In other words, are people clicking on the images because I make it look like a video play button and that's bringing more open rate and, or sorry, more click through rate, but because they haven't really read anything, they're not ready for it. So they don't actually buy versus people in the description, actually reading it, then clicking on the link and they're more apt to buy maybe. Right. But if you find out that, you know what, if I find out that links, the text links are actually more likely to become buyers, then I know how to adjust my email marketing. Right. I'm going to I'm going to de-emphasize the images and I'm going to make text a little more prevalent and build value in the email because I know that that at least the hypothesis is that would work. And then you would make that change and test it um, versus if it becomes no, actually, these little images are what's causing more sales than text links. Then you would say, okay, well, I'm going to put more images, or I'm going to put different types of images, or try different gallery images to to you know make that even better, and maybe not put as many text links, you know. So that it's like the answers themselves. When you ask the questions, and it, and you always go to that stage. What would I do if this data came back? And you could, and you, and if there's an action there that you would take 
then that's how you know it's a good question. Yeah. And then you'll get better at it, right? Don't worry about the perfect anything. This, especially when you're starting out, don't even worry about that. Just get good at it. Because then eventually you'll start going like, ah, you know what? The whole text versus image thing, there's not a really big difference. Okay, fine. Move on, right? And, and you go on to the next question. Yep. yep. But so it works out. It's like working out a muscle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad, I'm really, really enjoying the way this conversation is going. It's kind of taking the pressure off a little bit. And I think that's necessary, right? There's just, there's so much pressure and, and mystery, you know, around this that, that I think we create unnecessary pressure. So I really appreciate you kind of framing it that way. Um, in kind of a similar vein, what are some of the, uh, the worthless metrics that you see people measuring? And, and I guess you, you could label anything that, that you can't take action on would be, would be worthless, but, but anything that you hear over and over again, where the client comes in and says, Hey, we got to get this number down or this number up. And you're like, well, you're, you're, why, why are you even measuring that? Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think so. So to your point, the, the, like you said, the, the big thing is if you can't take action on it, then why is just data for data's sake, right? There has to be some sort of action that's attributable to, to that data coming through. Um, but I'll, I'll pick on kind of the obvious, I think these are the poster children metrics, um, in the analytics world for, for being picked on, but it's things like bounce rate and time on page. Um, and part of that is because Google analytics measures that very differently than people think it does. So for example, this is a, assuming you've got a kind of a default setup and you put code on the page or you're using like the integration that Shopify gives you or something. If you, if I went to your product detail page and I scroll up and down and I click on the video and I click on your images and, you know, I call my best friend and I'm like, man, you got to get over and check out this product. And then I, uh, you know, write down a little note for me to come back to later and I close out, right? Then what will happen is analytics will count that as a bounce. Right. It'll say, right. okay, 100% bounce, and it will show zero time on page, neither one of which is true, <laughs> right. Right? right? Neither one of which is true. And this is where we, we talk about the useful truth. So you need to set up analytics, number one, so that it records that and you have those behaviors and you can see, oh, they actually did spend some time on the page. They didn't actually bounce, right? And so you get a little more of a useful truth. But the 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 challenge is you don't necessarily know from an from an analytics perspective obviously if it's your own company you would but from from an analyst perspective you don't know how they technically set that up a lot of times if you're just seeing these numbers so because something is a 30% bounce is that good? Is that bad? Who cares? It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, because something says that you spent a minute on the page, is that tracking properly? Is it, is it a useful truth? Is it not? It doesn't really matter. Um, what matters is not the metric. The truth is in the trend. The power is in the pattern. So what you do is you would look at something like all of your different pages. Maybe you pull up all your different product detail pages in analytics. And you can look at bounce rate and, and time on page. But what you do is you start looking at them and you compare them to each other. So it doesn't matter that something says 30% or 50% because it could be equally wrong. It doesn't really matter. What matters is if one says 50% and one says 25%, then you go one is twice as good as the other, right? The truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern. And people get caught up in the actual metrics, which makes them worthless. It's the truth is in the trend, the power is in the pattern. You always look at how those compare to each other. And that will tell you like, you know what? turns out the, you know, the electronics section has got a, a much lower bounce rate. Like people are really, in, you know, they're, they're, they're sticking around, they're interacting in our clothing section. People are coming and they're just falling right off. So there's something that we can do there. Yeah. I, I love that. Right. That, that gives you, that gives you the clue. Truth is in the trend powers in the pattern. I like, I like that a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and one of the things that we noticed too, and you know, we, we do a lot with Google shopping. That's one of the mm -hmm. things that kind of put our agency on the map is working with Google shopping. And, and so to pick on bounce rate a little bit more, uh, we had people come to us, you know, in a panic saying my Google shopping bounce rates, like 75%. This is so bad. What do we do? How do we fix the product detail page? <laughs> right. And then we'd have to kind of just talk them through it that that's, 
kind of that can be typical for Google Shopping because if you think about it, if I'm looking for you know a particular widget and I and I click on a Google Shopping ad, I go right to the product detail page. Exactly right. So that's the product I'm looking for. I maybe don't want to buy any other products, so I'm likely either going to buy or bounce. Yep. Um, and that's just kind of the, the 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 way it goes. And so we have to look at well, yes, but Google Shopping has your highest conversion rate, and that's what matters. So it's understanding how you know the behavior of the person uh, kind of like with a with blog posts as well this is another thing that make people freak out about you know bounce rate can be really high on a blog post too if you get the default settings like you talked about so yep. you know maybe I spent 20 minutes on this blog post because it was amazing and I and I was jotting down notes and you know I was becoming a huge fan of your blog in the process but I didn't click on anything else and I left and so that that you know Google Analytics counts as, as a bounce well it wasn't that was like exactly I, that was a success for me as a visitor. That's exactly what I came to do on the, on the site. So yeah, understanding kind of the behavior again. It's kind of the behavior behind uh, what's happening, and 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 is that a win or not? That's exactly. And what you just did there was a perfect example of instead of the data in aggregate, looking at bounce rate, and then you segmented it down, and you notice, okay, well, com coming from shopping, it's a little high. But it, like you said, is that to be expected? And you go like, well, yeah, that would be expected. That's what I would, you know, I'm not coming to browse, right? I'm on Google. I've already done my browsing on the search engine. Now I'm coming in to take an action or not. So it makes sense. Yep. And and that's that what you just is a perfect example of, of analysis and kind of going, okay, well, that's, you know, it's not an alarm, right? It's not something there. Now, Facebook, if they're coming in and they're, you know, they're, they're coming into browsing, came to a category page and then they went to that detail and bounced out. Okay. Maybe, yep, um, yep. but, but that's a completely different mindset. And that's exactly what you did was, was perfect. It was a great example. Yep. Yep. So thinking that through, you know, why would someone take this action and, and, and kind of piecing that together just a little bit. Yep. Um, so we talked about a lot of really cool stuff with, with Google analytics and, and UTM tracking codes and, Several other things, but but what are some of the other features or reports or areas in Google Analytics that people just don't know about or that people are not using enough? So I think goals is one of those things. There are some people that realize that Google Analytics can can track goals, but they don't they don't use them enough. Um, so that's that's one thing, and specifically event goals. Um, I think the reason they don't do it is because they can be a little technical um, if you're just trying to do it with Google Analytics. But fortunately, there's some other tools that that make that a little bit easier now. Um, but the uh, but setting of goals is one of those things. And, and in terms of reports, and I think this is why it sort of ties the whole thing together. We talked about traffic and, and using UTM tags. And then we talked about, you know, just now setting up goals, which is kind of like your end destination, either goals or e-commerce, right? Um, but then the source medium report. So this is under your, in Google Analytics, if you go to acquisition, which is all about kind of where my visitors are coming from, right? Where are my users coming from? That's, that's the acquisition reports. In there, there's a section called all traffic. And in there is a section called source medium. So when you click on that report, it will very clearly sort of spell out what's going on by traffic source. And you will see, okay, here's, here's the source medium. Like I said, it's Google, you know, Google um, CPC or Facebook CPC or whatever the source is, Google organic. And then you see some interaction that are happening in terms of tax rate and time on page or whatever. But again, it doesn't really matter what the numbers are, just truth is in the trend. But you, you see the results, right? You see how many, you can actually flip the, the little drop down for your goals. And you can say, okay, well, show me how many are becoming leads. Show me which traffic sources are causing sales. Show me which traffic sources are causing the add to cart to happen. Show me which traffic sources are seeing product detail pages. And you can get a much better appreciation of your traffic sources and the actual results you're getting from those traffic sources in that one report if you really spend some time poking around with that one. That's like my favorite report because I think it's the fastest way to get the most uh, leverage when it comes to trying to get actions. Yeah, that, that's phenomenal. And, and to kind of piggyback on the on the goal topic, 
Um, and this kind of ties into the larger attribution discussion, mm-hmm. which, which is kind of interesting. And we maybe want your take on, on that in a minute as well. But, you know, we, we talk a lot about in our agency, you know, looking at different stages of the, the shopping journey or, or the shopping funnel, if you will, you know, when someone's kind of at the awareness stage versus the, you know, evaluation comparison stage versus the decision stage, mm-hmm. you know, their behavior is different, you know, at those different areas. And so, yep. you know, if you're looking at, at traffic sources or, or campaigns that are more top of funnel or more kind of the awareness stage, you, you probably should be measuring different things, right? People aren't, aren't maybe going to buy at that, at that moment. We, we've done a lot of work in the outdoor space, like barbecue grills and camping equipment and stuff like that. That's a, that's a thing that people research a lot. So maybe if someone's in the awareness stage, they're probably not going to buy the $900 grill the first time they, they click on your ad. They're going to compare and shop and think and, yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe at the, you know, for those campaigns or source medium that is more top of funnel, you should measure a different goal. You should be looking at, you know, how do we get those people to watch a video or get them to opt in or get them to do something else? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, I think the, the idea, and, and just, I think it's partially sales experience, right? When it's, when you're doing, when you're in sales for so long, you're used to measuring the pipe, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the pipeline yep, and yep. there's different stages of the pipeline. So we naturally sort of gravitate to that line of thinking. But a lot of people, if you ask them what they sell, they'll give you, oh, I sell barbecues, right? And it's like, well, yeah, ultimately, but what do you sell before that? And like, you know, it's like, well, what do you mean? And that, and that's what you're saying is exactly that you, there's different sales that everybody has to make for them to ultimately buy a barbecue. That's just one of the sales you need to make. You need to first sell them into being aware of who you are. Then you need to sell them in being engaged. Then you need to sell them in learning more about your specific product. Then you need to sell them into adding it to cart and, and giving billing information, et cetera, et cetera. So there's multiple sales that are happening. And when you think about it like that, attribution gets a lot easier because you're, you know, even, even in terms like behaviors, which obviously is all those are even buying is technically a behavior. Right. But if you just think about it in terms of different sales, then you make, like you said, each one of those sales is a goal, including e-commerce. You can make each one of those sales a goal. And now you can see by traffic source. Okay. This particular traffic source is really good about getting them aware. And then my remarketing traffic may be on AdWords search, right. Doing some search marketing through AdWords that when I remarket back to those people who are aware that gets them engaged. And then when I use, you know, maybe you're doing some sponsor shopping ads or whatever. And that's what really gets them to do add to cart. And you can notice that, you know, by that exact report, we just talked about that source media report, we'll show you all that and make it obvious as to what traffic sources are working and for which specific sale are they really good at? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so powerful. And it's just something that people don't think through enough, but you know, it'd be like looking at, at some of your, your blog posts, you know, and saying, well, man, this blog post is getting all this engagement, but Nobody's buying, you know, after they click on the, ex- the blog. Man, it's so true. You know, they, didn't, they didn't come to do that. But, you know, right. if you follow the steps, they, hey, they did click on this report or they did sign up for the email or they did watch this video. And now if you follow up with them and put them in your funnel, you know, now you, now you got a shot. So, yeah, it's like, it's like there's two different funnels. I mean, you've got that funnel of what buttons they click on to, to do the sale. And that's the one funnel. But then there's like that marketing funnel where you're like, OK, uh, if I have a thousand people who are aware, I bet you 80 percent I can get engaged of those 80 percent. I can get half of them to see the product detail page and engage with that. Of that, I can get 30 percent to click on add to cart. And of that, half of those are going to complete yeah. for an average order volume of X. Right. And you can you can actually measure that and then start thinking about your funnels like that. And then what happens, which I think is the coolest part about numbers, is you have the ability to forecast Mm -hmm. and say, what happens next week if I get 10,000 aware? Yeah. Not just not just buy. You don't even worry about the buying part. It's 
I need to get 10,000 people aware of my message. So I get 80% of those engaged or whatever your numbers are. Right. Um, But you sort of walk it through and you can project out what you want to happen. So now it's not just like, Oh, next month I want to make a hundred grand in sales. It's, and here's, I'm here's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. And now you've got a plan and you can measure all of it. So you know, if you screwed up or not, you know, like, Hey, next week, next Monday, I need to have a thousand people aware. You look at your ad campaigns, turns out only 300 people were aware. And then you're like, okay, well, I've got a traffic problem, Yeah, you know, but it, but it instantly tells you what to do next. And so you have, you've got like a firm grip on the steering wheel and you can actually drive the car versus just like hoping it's going to go in the direction you want it to go. And, and what's interesting, you know, a lot of people want to scale, right. Or they come to our agency or come to other, you know, uh, people like you and say, Hey, help me understand the data so that I can scale. And, and, you know, the scaling really more comes in the awareness stage, right? You have to have the bottom of the funnel. Yeah really mapped out so that you can close more sales, you know, and then you can spend more at the awareness stage. But I think a lot of people, because they're not measuring the awareness or they're not measuring top of funnel correctly, they try to find scale at the bottom of the funnel and, and you can't, you can't, just can't do yeah. it. Like you, That's yeah. exactly right. It, it goes back to that sales training, right? What was the biggest step you had to do? It's the hardest one, prospecting, hmm. right? Yep. It's always prospecting. You got to fill the pipe because yep. you get enough prospects, you're going to close enough business. And it's always, it's like that marketing too. Just, I think people forgot because it's not sexy to track awareness or engagement. Yeah. It's sexy to track sales. Yep. Right? yep. Absolutely. Um, it's, but it's, like you said it is super important. So uh, we'd like to get your philosophy on this maybe, and this this could actually be a really long discussion, so we'll need to keep it relatively brief. But talking about attribution, you know, this is something that, that we talk about a lot. And, and you know, Google is really uh, pushing this. You know, our Google reps that come and see us regularly, they, they've been talking about this for probably two years now. Uh, moving away from last click attribution to, to something else. So, you know, in, in kind of the old model, the old model of the internet was, you know, if, if someone does convert, if someone makes a purchase, then with a last click attribution model, whatever that last traffic source is right before purchase, it gets all the credit for that conversion. And you don't take into consideration maybe the three or four other visits that happened before that last click. And so do you have any, any kind of favorite attribution models or advice when it comes to attribution models or... I know, I know kind of the funnel we were talking about solves some of that as well, but uh, any thoughts on attribution? It, it really is. It really is that funnel um, end of things because you're right in that last click is not a perfect way of measure it because why give credit to the, to the last known source of, of, uh, of traffic and first click is not necessarily it. Why should that get credit? So people will do like, you know, linear decay, the time decay models or linear models or whatever else. And, um, and, and part of the problem I think with attribution is, They've come to us with solutions for attribution and they said, you can figure it out of one of seven different ways. And each one of those answers is completely different. Have fun. Right. (laughs) And you're like, what what Uh, do I do with that? What do you, what do you do when two plus two can be four, seven, eight, or 12, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? You, you, I I don't know who can do anything with that. All you can do is just try them all and then say, well, it's anywhere between here and here, which is still, what do you do with that? Again, how how is that useful at all? It's not, um, but it's fun to play with. And so people do. So I think instead of that, as I would, I would just sort of give up the ghost on that and say, okay, you know what? We're not, we're not going to chase that path. We're going to start focusing on what makes people, we're going to, we're going to split up our sales and we're going to say our sale is awareness. Our sale is engagement. Our sale is whatever. And then let's say you, you had three different traffic sources. Maybe you've got Google organic, you've got, you know, Facebook, CPC, you've got average marketing, all of them you push toward awareness all of them you push toward engagement, you will see a clear leader and you will see all of a sudden, you know what? Google organic is really what making people aware. Facebook remarketing is really what's getting them engaged. Um, and then my AdWords remarketing is what pulls them in to actually buy. 
And you will start seeing that for the different stages. I think that is by far the easiest way to solve that. And then you can look at your funnel and say, again, I've got, I need to make a thousand people aware every week or every day or every hour or whatever your metric is. And it just, it sort of eliminates the idea of trying to find that perfect path because, I mean, you know, Google's got machine learning that does this now for um, high traffic accounts, like, you know, 50 million data sets, 2000 transactions. Um, and so they'll, they'll kind of do their best to go through and say, okay, well, if one particular path included display, let's say, and the other particular path to a buy did not include display, they measure between those to see what the conversion rates were to basically infer if display had a bump or, or not a bump. And then that's, that's how the machine learning sort of figures out paths to say, oh yeah, you need to have display um, in position number two. But you know, the, the other problem you have is even if you knew that, that is what happened the last three months. Right. That right. does not mean it's going to happen during the summer when the entire season changes and now everyone already bought their barbecue and, or it's Christmas, right? Like there's huge seasonality effects. So just because it happened in the past does not mean it's going to happen in the future, which is why I kind of like just getting back to the basics and saying, again, let's do, let's get awareness, then engagement, then clicks on the certain, you know, our main key behaviors. Those are my sales. That's what I'm going to focus on. And that's what I'm going to project out for just maybe the next month or the next couple of weeks, something with some reasonable certainty to it. And then you sort of measure and then you'll find trends. Again, you're going to find truths in the trend, the powers in the pattern of those numbers. You will find you have a pattern um, in your own company and then it becomes predictable. And then I think it's just, it's a lot easier and you stop answering, you stop trying to answer that question as far as attribution because you're just too busy making the machine work. Yeah, yeah, that, that's phenomenal. And so then you look at, hey, the, these channels are the best at creating awareness. So now exactly how right. do I amp them up and, and uh, you know, use them to cause more people to be aware? And hey, these are my engagement exactly right. channels and how do I make them more effective at engagement uh, versus what I think a lot of people do is, well, how do I optimize everything for conversions, right. uh, for, for purchases? Right. Uh, yeah, they, they always think about that one sale at the very, very end. And yeah. you you have multiple sales to make before you make the one that matters to you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, this, this has been tremendous. So a couple things I want to do kind of as we as we wrap up. In closing, I want people to know how to learn more uh, from you and engage in some of your courses or, you know, some of your free tools and stuff as well. But any, any other tools you would recommend? So I mean, we talked mainly about Google Analytics. That, that's what most people use. It's free. It's, it's great. Um, any other tools or resources you would recommend people check out yeah. uh, in, in regards to this? Absolutely. I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you three, all currently free. Um, so Google Analytics, obviously a big free one. Um, Tag Manager, Google Tag Manager is if you are not using that tool, you are absolutely missing out because analytics does three things on its own. It tries to monitor what's happening in terms of behaviors, but it does not do that very well. It stores data incredibly well. It's a behavioral database. So it stores everything incredibly well. And then it tries to build reports off of that. Also, it does not do that very well either because there's a lot of built-in reports that are not really made to answer super specific questions. So what happens is analytics is kind of doing this one thing really well, but these other two things not so well. So tag manager it does monitoring incredibly well. This is where you can say, hey, if somebody's on my page and they scroll halfway down, they spent 30 seconds, go tell Google Analytics and tell them an event just occurred. Tag Manager makes that very simple to do. Now, there's a learning curve to it, but it doesn't take much. Um, and again, I, if you can use WordPress, you can use Tag Manager. It's, it's not that complicated of a tool. It's just new. Um, so use Tag Manager to do that sort of stuff. Then there's something called Google Data Studio, which it does reporting incredibly well. It is built to do reporting. It's built to make dashboards. It's built 
built so that you can customize your reports to give you very specific answers. Um, and it's it's just an amazing tool. And so the three of those tools together are a powerhouse. So Google Tag Manager to monitor, Google Analytics stores everything, Google Data Studio builds reports from what analytics is stored. Um, and you can pull other things in the Data Studio too, but it's those three for sure. And then the new kid on the block, which I would, I would more put in this Keep an eye on this one. I don't know you need to spend thousands of hours learning it yet, but Facebook is getting more aggressive. They're putting more focus on their own analytics platform. Mm, so yeah. uh, Facebook analytics, which is not ads manager. So it's not what you see in the ads manager when you're doing traffic, but there's actually a whole thing called Facebook analytics. And um, again, tag manager works perfectly for that because you can fire events into Facebook analytics too, but they're doing, they're doing a lot of work toward that. So I'd imagine that's going to get more and more useful as the year goes by. Fantastic. Uh, Mercer, this has been awesome. Uh, for those that say, okay, I'm totally buying this. Uh, what Mercer is saying is spot on. I'm, I'm now excited about the math behind my marketing and I want to dig into analytics more. How, how can they connect with you? And then what, what are some of the resources and things you have available to help people? Sure. If they want to go to uh, measurementmarketing.io forward slash evolution, I'll uh, have a little thing there. And I'll, I'll put that link there to the traffic tracker too. Awesome. Um, so they can use that for the UTMs and it'll have a little tutorial on there and all that fun stuff. Very cool. So measurementmarketing.io forward slash evolution. Uh, we'll also link to that in the show notes. So you can check it out at ecommerceevolution.com. We'll link to the, the traffic tracker as well. So really appreciate those tools as well. And then uh, connect with you on on the socials. Are you are you active on Twitter or Facebook or other places? Yeah, I am. In fact, if they want to go, um, if they want to go to the measurement marketing essentials, you can just search for that on Facebook. That's our free group where it teaches a lot of the the literally that the measurement marketing essentials, the basics of using these tools. Um, that's a really great, uh, great place to go there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mercer, you absolutely crushed it, my friend. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, thanks for dropping that knowledge. And uh, we'll have to do, you know, analytics part two at some point. I like it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Brad. All right. Very good, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, and as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, love to hear your feedback. So if there's uh, other topics you want us to explore or other questions you have about this topic, we would love to know that. Uh, and as always, we'd love that five-star review if you feel so inclined uh, on iTunes. That helps other uh, people discover the show. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.